When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the PHLY Eagles post-game show. Bo Wolf, Jamie Lynch, here to talk about the Eagles' most complete performance of the season, a 23-14 victory over the Los Angeles Rams, holding the Rams scoreless in the second half. We saw Dallas Goddard finally exist in this offense. Eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. We saw A.J. Brown with another big game. Six catches for 127 yards. We saw Jalen Hurts' legs be a factor in this game for the first time in a while, leading the Eagles with 72 yards rushing and a touchdown. This was the tush-push game, and I think it all really turned there, Jamie, in that drive at the end of the first half. Eagles go down. 14-10, they've got the ball with like 32 seconds left, three timeouts, and Jalen Hurts throws a beautiful pass over the middle of the field. A.J. Brown makes that one-handed catch. They get the, uh, the penalty tacked on after that, then a penalty in the end zone, and there's like two seconds left. Do you go for the tush push from a yard out? This is like the full proof of concept. How much do we believe in it? And they get it. They go up 17-14 into the half. And even though they only score six points the, the second half, they dominated this game in terms of winning the line of scrimmage. Time of possession, 454 yards to 249 yards. Do you agree that this was their best performance of the season? I thought it was the first time it looked like the 2022 Eagles. Yeah, I thought Jalen had his best game of the year. I thought he was on point. Uh, and we all kind of looked at each other in that situation. And the defender there in the end zone really realized he had no chance to guard A.J. Brown. We'll get more into his game as we go throughout the show here. Uh, but we all looked at each other and was like, come on, this is the most hilarious time to do a, a tush push. And I see some chatter in the in the chat. Uh, is it push tush or tush push? Uh, I personally, like, oh, go ahead. I go with tush push. I like tush push. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a brotherly shove guy. I think that's trying to about QB Keister. That's not bad. Uh, but I just knew everybody would get so mad online about that touchdown right before half with the tush push to kind of just seal it. Uh, I was really pushing for it. I was like, come on, you cowards. If there was ever a time to do it, it's now. And that play really is unstoppable. And I do, like, I get tired of the argument. Like, I mean, I think it's ridiculous that the idea of outlawing this play just because the Eagles are good at it. But the, like, the aesthetic argument, I mean, when they execute it well, 
It the is whole, a beautiful football play. Yeah, like the whole line like, moves. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm team Tush Push. I hope Tush Push is here to stay. I saw the Eagles have kind of gotten behind the brotherly shove. They were tweeting that out. The broadcast was team brotherly shove. And the more they talk about brotherly shove makes me more dug in on Tush Push. Yeah, you really want to dig in on that Tush. I'm kind of taking a hipster stance with it. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I want to mark my... Uh, my spot and stand stand my ground all right so we've got a lot to get to uh, at some point in a little bit we will hear from zach berman uh who is there in los angeles i'm curious to find out what he learns about all of those sideline conversations we saw on the broadcast yeah what was jason kelsey talking kelsey about kelsey was mad about something at the end there something about the calls coming in sirianni goes after jalen hurts after he throws the interception on the attempted back shoulder pass to aj brown De- uh, Devontae smith only has one catch for six yards and there was a period where he was just sort of walking off to like like by himself going on like a you know like a Forrest Gump walk or whatever and then <laughs> and then Nick Sirianni comes and meets him and just sort of stands next to him so we'll hear from Zach Berman uh, a little bit about that later let us know what you think in the comments in the chat uh, make sure that you are subscribing and downloading all that good stuff hit that like button hit that people. like button on, on YouTube all that good stuff so we got a lot to get to um, but I guess we should start with Hertz because yeah. that's where we've started all season. And, you know, we, we kept talking about how this was like the worst 4-0 team in the history of the world. Yeah, right? of like so much to complain about. And this was a game where, you know, it, it the score may not look like this was a blowout. But, but I really thought that this was Jalen's best game of the season. Uh, 25 of 38 for 303 yards, a touchdown and an interception. We can debate the interception in a little bit. As I said before, also 72 yards rushing with 15 carries. A lot of those were tush pushes, but he looked more dynamic as a rusher. And you sort of got the feeling the way that he was like bristling at the, the, the questions about his running during the week that, you know, he was maybe going to be more willing to open it up. But I thought you saw it on the very first drive, the way he turned the corner uh, to beat sort of the pressure and get upfield. It was just not quite the way that we've seen him run those first four games. Yeah, he did seem to be a little uh, more crisp out there. Uh, maybe it was the decisiveness, but he did look quicker. Uh, we both mentioned that throughout the game. We were like, wow, he does actually look a little bit quicker. Uh, but the things I notice on his runs, like that big third down and four run for 17 yards, I think it was the third quarter. I'll have to dive into the notes. A really impressive one. That When he just ran through that tackle, oh, but, that but was he, like vintage Hurts. Yeah, yeah, he was great on that. The thing you notice with his runs is how dominant the Eagles' secondary-level blocking ends. Mm. Like Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and A.J. Brown, uh, the, you know, they all had, well, minus Devontae, pretty monster games uh, today. But, man, they're all really good blockers. And it's a credit to the Eagles' entire staff. When you have a guy like Devontae Smith – who we'll get to the Quez play, uh, yeah. had a pretty good block for you know somebody nicknamed the Slim Reaper. It's really impressive how good uh, every guy on the field is at blocking when it comes to not only Jalen Hurts running, but DeAndre Swift, whether it be the receiver, yards after catch. It's something I'm really noticing this year with this team, whether it's AJ trying to get those extra yards and guys are hustling downfield to block. They just they just really block well at the next level away from the offensive line. And uh, I think it's a big uh, part of the secret sauce in their recipe. The uh, advanced stats would would sort of agree that this was Hertz's best game of the season in terms of EPA per play. It was uh, exactly tied basically with last week's game against the commanders. But uh, in terms of success rate, 62 percent, which was his best of the season. Uh, and some some of those other stuff also back that up. It just to me. 
I, you know, I hate to play like the, uh, the eye test game, but he looked so much more like last year's Jalen Hurts yeah. in this game. And some of that was, you know, finding Dallas Goddard. And it was obvious that that was a, an emphasis for them heading into this game. Good job by you. Another First week, drive. Another week, 2-0 and oh yeah, on your, uh, on your I, big I really, bets. If I start betting my best bets, they're going to lose. So I'm just going to not bet them. So just so I have like a George Costanza post, uh, sure. uh, you know, <clears throat> sex clarity here. I don't want actual gambling to interfere with this. So this is for everybody else. Um, I just I'm, I'm I'm reading the field well. <laughs> But as soon as I go to put real money on it, I'll mush and oh, shit sure. my pants and it's all over. Totally. So, uh, but yeah, Dallas got it on the first drive. I, I mean, what did he have? 49 yards or something like that on the opening drive? On the opening drive, yeah. And your touchdown with... hit. So me and you were looking like geniuses. We made a little, a little, little lechuga in yeah, this game. No yeah. big deal. Imaginary. <clears throat> It was good to see. It was good to see him a part of the offense because you know it, it does open up a lot and. Uh, when Jalen's running on top of it, that's last year's offense because that safety can't come down and spy. You know, they have to drop back. So when those two things are working, you see last year's Eagles offense again. And there is sort of this uh, truism about the Eagles right now where it's like, you know, they can they can win in so many different ways. Yeah. And you did sort of see that in this game. Like they got ahead in this game by throwing the ball and several deep completions to A.J. Brown. I thought like the um, the impact of a bona fide superstar wide receiver was obvious in this game in the oh, first yeah. half on both sides of the ball. Like Cooper Cup's return was just killing the Eagles, and we've got a lot to talk about on the defense because what a, what a bounce back that was for them in the second half. But like the the weight that AJ Brown brought to this game uh, made a huge difference, and we can get to uh, Devontae Smith in a little bit, but. Like those plays over the middle of the field where uh, Jalen Hurts is hitting A.J. Brown and like is being patient enough in the pocket to wait for when he knows he's going to come open. I thought he was just so much more comfortable in this game than, than we have seen him. And I think that's a that's a great sign for a team that has like, you know, as we've said, played sort of C plus B minus games while going four and O. I thought this was closer to like a B plus game for them. And now they're five and O and they're still improving as the season goes on. Yeah. When I think back on Jalen's day uh, to his comfortability, there was only like three plays that jump out at me as quote unquote bad. And one was the, the pylon throw that ended in the interception. We don't know right. if that was supposed to be a pylon. And my throw. guess is it was, but the fact that AJ Sirianni was like upset about something off his yeah. route at the top of it, uh, there was the missed Quez <clears> in the end zone, uh, and then he missed. Which is a tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't know, like you know, his eyesight and blocking and all that. But and then there was in the first. And would you be looking for Quez in that situation? No, 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 yeah. no. Not after he blew the wide receiver screen earlier in the game. And then there was one where he missed Quez high on a third down in the first quarter. Right. Those are the only three negative plays I can think of all day. Uh, and none of them really killed you. So really good day from, from Jalen. And, you know, he did look his best of the year. Um, running wise, DeAndre Swift, 17 for 70. And uh, there were a lot of tough yards in there. I think I continue to be surprised at how good DeAndre Swift is. He, you know, early in the season, it was he's more, a little bit more dynamic than I expected, a little bit more make you miss. The past couple weeks, it's been like, He's getting those extra yards after contact and sort of lowering his shoulder. He also had six catches for 38 yards, and some of those came with a little bit of extra at the end. I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed with DeAndre Smith. Yeah, I mean, he, he's quick. He's elusive when he needs to be, and he runs with power. Uh, he's got a little bit of all the elements you want in a running back uh, all strung together, and he can catch the ball really well too. Um, so, again, another great Howie Roseman move. 
getting a guy for what was it a fourth rounder fourth rounder yeah uh, i mean two years <laughs> i mean that's yeah. a great trade and you know it may only be for one year but how many fourth rounders make it uh in the nfl every year at most 50 percent, probably yeah something uh, so like that, yeah. i mean that's a calculation i'm willing to take every single time so deandre swift has been has been awesome so far this year still head scratching to me what was going on week one and up and up in new england yeah, I mean, and they still are trying to make Kenny Gainwell a thing. Uh, he had seven carries for 17 yards in this game and also a ca- uh, nice third down pickup on one, one catch for seven yards. Yeah, nice third down. But I mean, the, the disparity between those guys is, is so vast. Uh, if yeah. I'm if I'm being generous, I would say like they're trying to keep the big picture in mind and you want to make sure that you have the better running back available down the stretch. I would think you're right, but it is a little bit galling the difference between the two of them right now yeah and deandre swift is a guy that's been hurt at some point in each of the first three years so to your point i think that's probably what it is um and you need him you know come playoff time if he's going to be your best back by leaps and bounds which he is so if we sort of stick on on the offense jamie i guess my my question to you is the one big concern right now is is the red zone offense right yeah Um, they were 24th entering in the nfl entering today right and they go um, two of six in this game. Now, the last one we can sort of disregard because they were just trying to run yes, the game out. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll call it two for five. But last year, you know, they were third in the league, 68%. They're right at about 46% right now, about 45% after this game. You know, it does feel like the play calling leaves a little bit to be desired. It's also hard to sort of disentangle how much is like, you know, red zone performance is usually sort of variant year to year. And so you were expecting something of a regression to the mean, but it does, it does feel like they're missing a little something right now. Yeah. Um, you know what that is, it's going to be tough to pinpoint. I'm sure it's a little bit of a couple things. I would think the majority of the pie probably goes to Brian Johnson. Uh, but I'm sure Jalen has a part in that. Um, you know, those, and, are you good. know, if Quez Watkins follows his blocks, sure. You know, they, they pick up a third down, down and maybe they yeah. score a touchdown there. Uh, I can't put any blame on Sua Peta because apparently that guy just doesn't lose football games. The um, Eagles remain undefeated <laughs> for the past two seasons with Sua Peta. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely snaps. the most concerning thing about the offense. Uh, the red zone offense sucks right now. And if you're playing a better team today and let them hang around and not convert <laughs> some of those six trips into more touchdowns. There's a good chance you lose that game. Uh, the, the, you know, the fact of the matter is the Eagles are a superior team to the Rams in almost every facet, and you were able to get away with that today. But if you're playing a Dallas, a Buffalo, a Miami, a San Fran, one of those teams, that's, there's a good chance that comes back and bites you in the ass, not converting those field goals into touchdowns. There, is a, there were a lot of points in this game where it felt like the Eagles let the Rams off the hook yeah. and you were expecting, oh my God, they're going to go down and score a touchdown yep. very easily. And all of a sudden they're going to take the lead. And so credit to the defense, which again, we'll get to the defense. But I guess I sort of feel like uh, for an offense this good to be that bad in the red zone right now, it almost feels like correctable, correctable, right? Like yeah, it's, it's, kinda, it's, yeah. it's bound to get better over has, the course of the season, worse, right? right? I would think so. You're probably, you, know, you might've dropped to what? 25, 26 yeah. in the league? Like, right. And with the efficiency of your third and short and fourth and short plays, you would really think this could turn a corner. I mean, you have A.J. Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the league, 
Dallas Goddard, who, uh, you know, a majority of experts prior to these first four games believe is a top five tight end in the league. You have Jalen Hurts, who accounted for how many touchdowns between his arm and leg last year? 37 or something. Um, you know, you would think there's a corner to turn here. Would like to see it because... You know, you got a tune-up game next week with the Jets. Yeah, maybe you don't. You, you save it next week, and then you and then. But like then, two weeks in then, against Miami, then the yeah. schedule starts to get a little tricky, and then you see the big boys. And, yeah, field and goals then, aren't going to cut it against against no, that Dolphins, the Miami too. Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's good. Um, if you went up against them in fantasy today, you know that. Um, so yeah, like you can survive this early. You know, first. And third why did of the you season. steal that? touchdown ball from Tyreek Hill's mother <laughs> apparently it's it a good did catch get, by you by seeing yeah, right there yeah, it did the get ball. to the kid um I or whoever it was intended for maybe it was a lady it was his know. mom it was his mom yeah, oh yeah. that's adorable um I'm not gonna give Tyreek Hill much that's adorable but <laughs> yeah he doesn't have a track record to use the word <laughs> adorable yeah. you're right um so the flow of this game the first two drives, both teams like go down and score yeah. very easily. Some of like the, especially that Rams drive was like as, as easy as it's ever what, looked. Two or three big plays there. Crazy, right? Just kind of kill your boy, Mario Goodrich. You were pounding your chest to start on. Unbelievable <laughs> this game. Like, and Sean decided. What a said, weird thing. He said, fuck this. We're aborting <laughs> anybody else. Get in there after the first quarter. Well, let's get into it because it was bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> Mario Goodrich makes the team out of out of training camp because he's the backup nickel ostensibly, right? He's number fifty three on the roster. He's the seventh cornerback. Great job, like this guy who was an undrafted rookie last year. You feel awesome for him. Yeah. Avante Avante Maddox goes down week oh, two. Brutal. Goodrich comes in and does not play very well. <laughs> I thought that they like gave him. It was kind of rough that they just put him on the inactive because it's not like he had a week to prepare. But they thought enough of that performance in week two that they just made him inactive without a nickel. Which means it was worse than our right. non-trained football. Exactly. Well, Quasi-trained football. Right, which I means saw. they thought he was really, really bad <laughs> yeah. in that game. And they didn't have another backup option. So then it comes to week five. Cooper Cup is coming back. Oh, yeah. Let's get him in there. The best <laughs> slot receiver in the NFL. And they decide, okay, now is the time to throw Mario Goodrich <laughs> back to the, like, are they just trying to make him look bad? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. But credit to Sean Desai for immediately. Well, they had a, they clearly had a lot of options, and they were so it started with. It seemed like they were bouncing back and forth between Goodrich and Eli Ricks yeah. based on the situation and, and like whether it was a rundown or a pass down. And they called in the, the vet. And then they're the like, bullpen. OK, well, we have Bradley Roby up. We might as well give him a shot. And then in the second half, it was mostly Bradley Roby. And it did seem like he did a little bit of a better job. Hard to see just on the TV copy. But it settled into the fact that I think we, we expect that it will be Bradley Roby moving forward. I think the real big takeaway from that is they've sort of like wash their hands of the James Bradbury and the nickel experience. Yeah. They want to keep him on the outside. Yeah. And uh, look, you know, the Rams wide receivers are awesome. You know, uh, between Puka and Cooper Cup there, they got the best of Slay and Bradbury on, on a couple different plays today. Uh, you know, Bradbury got beat on that touchdown throw from Stafford from the far hash to the pylon. It was a really nice throw by him. Not much a DB can do there. Uh, and Darius Slay got beat on that one big, like, 45 or 50-yard play by Cup. Um, and then the so, Nakua touchdown was sort of one-on-one -on -one with Bradbury yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the Rams have a really, really good wide receiver room, but for the most part, um, the Eagles secondary made some adjustments and really battened down the hatches in the second half. 
Yeah, in the second half, it seemed to me, you know, the Rams made a couple self-inflicted wounds there. Like they, uh, Stafford misfired on a couple throws. But the big difference was sort of how like the layman, how we described it going in, like they're not going to be able to hold up on the back end. The defensive line is going to have to get home. And in the first half, they didn't get home. And the Rams, you know, torched them yeah. and dissected them. In the second half, the defensive line ate a little bit. And it was really impressive to see uh, Jalen Carter get after it. He had two sacks in the game. Baby Rhino! Uh, there you go. Uh, at the end of the game, Hassan Reddick gets back-to-back sacks as, as Zach Berman, the astute football guy, has been saying for years, sacks come in waves. And uh, both of those guys were a testament to that tonight. And so I thought that was like... It's a little bit simplified, but that really seemed to be the difference in, in this game. The defensive line in the second half picked up their, their end of the slack. Yeah, it seemed like, uh, and this seems like it's been the story every game this year, and, and maybe teams, albeit you know not the best teams in the league right now, uh, maybe the quarterbacks are really practicing for the Eagles with that clock in between the ears really uh, you know, clicking for them because it seems like Sweat and Reddick have been close and close and close all year long. Even saw Brandon Graham try to leapfrog somebody today and get in there. Uh, it seems like the DNs are close, and as the great newsman journalist Zach Berman has said, maybe they do start coming in waves now. Um, and, you know, he got the Jets next weekend, uh, so that's going to be a really good chance for, for Sweat and Reddick to kind of keep this rolling here. I would say so. Uh, let's open it up to uh, questions from the chat. You guys can uh, feel free to chime in, but <clears throat> before we get to that, uh, we do have to talk about DraftKings because Jamie is just, you know, cleaning up with his best bets. Two for two again today. And I just got to find the read. Once I do that, we'll be, we'll be uh, all set. But you hit the, the Dallas Goddard over. First drive. I think, yeah. he, I think he almost tripled it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown score. He only had to lay minus 140 on DraftKings uh, to get that one. I just... You know, it's not like uh, the longest shot bet in the world, but when I see somebody that scores basically like a third of the Eagles touchdowns and you only have to lay minus 140 to get it, uh, I just saw that as really safe value. And with the tush push, uh, it was. And they took advantage of it, and, you know, he scored again. Uh, so nice little two and zero day, one and one day for yourself. The Rams weren't able to hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah, but the Goddard one was like plus two thirty five. So, so you I'm going to count. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so it's a winning day. It's a winning day. If, yeah. yeah, if you're placing those bets on DraftKings, it is a winning day for you. Uh, but I'm sure you would take the Rams going under every game if you could. Um, you know, it's just one bet, right? Let me see if I can pull this up on my phone because we are uh, we are struggling on the computer at the moment. Um, I got it right here, I believe. Uh, let me tell you about DraftKings, no, Bo. Let me a, just come in teammate. here and just swoop right in. Uh, things are heating up in the ballpark, whether it's baseball or football. It doesn't matter. Every team is playing to the finish strong and to make the playoffs. Baseball playoffs are heating up. Uh, we all know that because of our fightings. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a minute of the baseball <laughs> or football action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 
$5 on baseball. Plus, all customers take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. It's right there on the screen for you in case you forgot. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash baseball for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. What's your like, uh, what's your like password uh, philosophy? Do you got different passwords for like different accounts? Are you rocking the same one so you can remember? Um, What do you got? My financial ones, mm. I use my most buttoned-down, obscure okay. uh, numbers. And do you remember them? I use the same one for my limited amount of financial websites. Okay. And then my, you know, like other stuff that's not as serious, my sure. fantasy footballs of the world. And, <laughs> sure. Uh, I use uh, a more basic standard one throughout. So I'd say I'd vary the two. Okay. Um, depending on how important the site well, is. Well, the one for my, you know, for my... Uh, our, our all phly yeah. com one that has the the ad reads it's got me logged out it doesn't remember the password i have no idea what my password <laughs> is for that one are you kidding me i don't remember when you, i signed you, when i started for that st- one you set it up like a whole month ago are how are you me? expected to remember, remember that. that i know the password thing is tough like anytime a new app or something comes on the tv i'm like oh yeah ah, this one i'll remember and i'll tell my yeah, shit i'm, I'm gonna have to reset I this password for sure that, that one was auto saved <laughs> get out of here uh, all right, some questions from uh, the chat we can get to. Uh, do we think the Eagles look to trade for a slot corner by the end of the month or a safety, asks Mike. Um, uh, well, apparently anybody from the Denver Broncos can be had. Uh, they're apparently having a fire sale defensively. Um, so you know Howie probably better than me. I would think he's making calls on oh, people. He's definitely making calls. Uh, uh, you know, but I'm is- sure they're going to want to see Bradley Roby. I mean... And I think that was part of the impetus to get him in as quickly as they did was to get a look at him to decide if they need more help there. Uh, I also think safety remains something that they might like to add. I thought Justin Evans returning was important in this game. He he seemed to solidify things a little bit. He's definitely better than Terrell Edmonds right now. Um, I wouldn't be like for the Broncos, you know, if they're willing to trade Justin Simmons, uh, that safety, I'm sure that they would be interested depending on the price. That, That seems like the guy. I do think that nickel is is definitely a possibility, but we'll we'll sort of see how Roby does. Yeah, I like think that, that s- Miami game honestly is going to be the test, probably. Right? Yeah, and then you see how how you fare then. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm getting roasted by some security expert in the chat. Uh, I shouldn't be using the same <laughs> password for my. Manager. Yeah, we know we shouldn't be using the same password for all these things. <laughs> Come on, but Todd. who's got time for that? <laughs> yeah. I can barely remember one or two now. All of a sudden, I'm supposed to remember six or seven. Are you kidding me? Uh, some people are saying use a password manager. I tried that once, and my dumb brain failed setting it up, and I just gave up. So you know, it is what it is. 
Uh, Eugene Krabs, I don't know if you're a SpongeBob guy, but Mr. Krabs would like Justin Simmons. <clears throat> yeah. um, you know, I know uh, somebody else mentioned Jeremy Chin from the Carolina Panthers. That's Apparently, a, a, big Z Berms guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, I wanted him coming out in the draft, so I'd be all for that. Carolina's got nothing to play for. Are you really going to re sign a safety? I believe he's on the last year of his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Chin, yes. Yeah, Chin. Yeah. So, you know, he's. I'm, how he's going to be working the phones, that's for sure. As he always does. That's, it's his, his stock line is that what, you know, the thing that keeps him up at night is not uh, what's going on. It's that there's, there might be somebody available that he doesn't know is available. So yeah. he, he prides I, himself on staying I can go involved. take advantage of some GM <clears throat> in this league. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, what else should we talk about here? Because, uh, I, you know, there's, I, I see some people asking about Nicholas Morrow. Boy, that was, a, that was a tough two-play sequence for, for poor Nicholas Moore. What a play by Josh Sweat to kind of just punch that out as yeah. the running backs turn in the corner. Dude, it was like three on one. It he, was very funny when he first drops the interception and then the ball is just sitting there on that fumble. And on the, on the replay, you see him like go over it. And as he rolls over the ball, you see him like put his hands on his face like, oh, no, I can't believe I did it again. Yeah, and that ended, it didn't kill you, but that was the difference in 43 yards of field position because yeah, big, they ended up punting it. Game. And I think they pinned you inside the 10 on that punt. Uh, now, that, you know who would have caught both of those balls? Christian Ellis. <laughs> Yeah. Facts are facts. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Nicholas Morrow should have had at least a couple turnovers today, but coming off his big performance, I think, uh, is Cunningham have any shot of getting uh, usurped by Ellis or, or kind of different skill sets there? Uh, you know, my opinion is that he should. And, well, you are a devout Christian. And of course, I'm, I'm biased, but like we see like Goodrich and Ricks and Roby and, La <laughs> and and Job out there on on this in the secondary. Like, can we get a little bit more of a look at the guys at linebacker? Where, you know, you know, Morrow had three sacks last week. That's great, but that's not really his role in the defense. Um, so yeah, I would like to see Christian also. And, and Ezra, I meant is Bo a SpongeBob guy, not uh, Eugene Krabs. Clearly, Eugene Krabs is a big SpongeBob guy. I uh, I only know SpongeBob from the memes. They're good memes. I don't understand them, but I don't think you have to understand memes to really enjoy them. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some other stuff to go over here from, uh, from the game in terms of the defense. They sacked Matthew Stafford how many times? Well, Jalen Carter see. got one. Reddick oh, got just the two. Four. Carter had two. There was that one where it was like a one-yard one where he sort of tripped him up. So they right. only had four sacks, but uh, they, were, they were by Carter and, and Reddick. Uh, a few tackles for loss. Um, the, I, I do think that Slay and Bradbury have taken a bit of a step back. Um, I thought Slay had a good start to the season, but last week and this week has been a bit of a come down for him. These are sort of things to be expected when you have guys who are, who are over 30 and it's still reliant on the front to get home. But, um, it's just something that's on my radar yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and part of that's also Cooper Cup and, and Terry McLaurin turns into Jerry Rice versus the Eagles for whatever reason. Sure. So the younger guys, uh, Cooper Cup, you know, as you said, is one of the best slot guys uh, in recent memory in the NFL. Terry McLaurin <laughs> is probably close to a decade younger than Slay. So I guess, um, you know, the good thing about Slay is while he's letting up a couple plays of big yardage gains, he doesn't seem to let them up in the end in the red zone. So... You know, I think he, he plays pretty locked down red zone defense. And, you know, being an Eagles fan, we, we know lots of guys who are the opposite. So 
yeah, I think it's natural for them to take that kind of step back and regress a little bit. But uh, so far, so good in terms of, like, killing you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, eight catches for 118 yards for Cooper Cup and seven for 71 and a touchdown for Nakua. Yeah, I mean... That's that's a pretty good day for those two, but still. But then that means it that resulted in everybody four, else in their offense combined for thirty-three yards. Yeah, and it resulted in fourteen points. Uh, I think Sean Desai gets a pretty high grade for today's game. I mean, you'd have to say so. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to give him an A or an A plus, right? I mean, to hold them to zero points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like what it, it'll until we watch the all 22 it, it's hard to sort of stay, say what changed schematically other than bradley like, Roby, hey guys right? go get the quarterback but yeah Roby's Roby's involved uh becomes more involved in the uh, in the defense other than that i mean i think it was it was sort of the pass rush getting home but yeah yeah and uh some of the, the flow chat. of the game like they be, they get in more pa- obvious pass situations but this is a, the, a rams team that's so pass heavy to begin with yeah so somebody in the chat <clears> wanted <throat> to know with nicobe dean i think it was big mike d uh, with Nicobe potentially coming back next week, uh, devout Christians everywhere are going to be. Yeah, I think uh, Moro is is the one. Is who, Moro the guy to goes go to the side? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean remember it was it was Dean and Cunningham who started week one, so true, I, I would true. imagine that that's what you get. Moro also missed a tackle, uh, you know, near the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's he's fine. He's he's okay. Yeah. But yeah. Serviceable guy. Yeah. You know, in a depth piece. That's fine. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm curious to see how different the defense looks with with Dean back. Um, yeah, anyway. we still don't really know what Nicobe Dean is. No, he yeah, could suck. He could be great. We have no idea. Yeah, and he could like just not be able to stay healthy. That's yeah. another possibility. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's played. <laughs> he's he's not played a full game as a starter. No. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It is a, it is a big uh, a big mystery at this point. Uh, are you worried at all about Devontae Smith? One catch for six yards. No, it seems like uh, I think he, it was Greg Olson even said it during the broadcast. Like when you have a team full of superstars, not everybody's going to get the ball. Um, and this locker room, you you were in it a lot more than I ever was. Um, they seem to have the right leadership where it's a team um, philosophy. You did see Sirianni and Devontae. Yeah, kind of shoulder know. to shoulder on that one play, and I'm sure I'm sure Sirianni's telling him like, "Dude, your game's gonna, you know, your big game's coming." It's, you know, I know there's egos involved. AJ Brown is so freaking good, and so is Devontae. I'm not trying to say he's not. But yeah, that's the thing is, it's hard to be like, there's only oh, one don't ball. throw the ball to AJ Brown so much. You know, he had six catches for 127 yards. He drew a penalty in the end zone that set up a touchdown. He was a dominant player in this game. He was, you know, one of the biggest reasons they won the game. Don't throw the ball to Dallas Goddard. He had eight for 117 in a touchdown, right? Like this was his breakout game. But I, I do think that like as the season goes on and, you know, this was very much on our radar heading into the year, like the balancing of the egos at that position and hard spraying thing. around the targets is a really, really difficult thing. And, you know, A.J. Brown was, we already saw it on the sideline in week two. We've now seen it with Devontae. Uh, you know, it seemed like it was very much on the Eagles' radar this week that Dallas Goddard had not been productive. And behind the scenes, I know that those guys all want to win, but when you're out there and you're running these routes and you're not getting thrown the ball and you know that you're one of the best players in the world, 
yeah. I think that that is very frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure. And Devontae, you know, selfishly, these are the things that don't get talked about in the locker room. You know, he has one year remaining after this. Yeah, he's the one who needs to get paid. And he wants to secure the bag. He's looking at A.J. Brown going, yeah, you got your money, and I'm happy for you. I love you. But I got to worry about, you know, my money. And that stuff is very real. That That is real. And, and players don't like to get in other players' pockets. And it's something that's not discussed openly like that. Uh, but in the back of Devontae's mind, he's going, yo, coach, you're killing me, man. Like, I'm trying to put up another thousand yard season and get myself guaranteed big bucks in this league. So I, I don't want to say it's nothing, uh, but I think they appear to have the right guys and the right leader in Jalen <coughs> to handle it as best as anyone, I would say. At least that's the vibe I get from afar. Um, yeah, like Devontae Smith is like the last guy that I would be worried about yeah. in terms of his approach to the game and like adjusting things and him being upset. That said, I like I'm sure that they're now they're going to have to be like, okay, we got to get Devontae the ball this week. Absolutely. Um, and they do, but... Um, you know, I, I guess against the Jets team, we'll see where they where they put Sauce Gardner. That's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I would think he takes AJ Brown if he's got any balls, right? <laughs> I mean, right? If you're yeah, Sauce Gardner, good too, and yeah, they got a good, they have a good defense. But, but yeah. if you're Sauce, you can't not accept the challenge of AJ Brown. I would imagine, like you got to go toe to toe with one imagine. of the best in the game. So. Ergo, Devontae could have a big game next weekend. Maybe I throw that in the early bank for best bets. There you go. Uh, and consider that for next week. It, it is funny how it does feel like um, they're sort of incentivizing the guys to complain about their touches because every time they do, all of a sudden they get like three touches in a row. Like they <laughs> yeah, call yeah. three plays to them in a row. So like all of a sudden we're going to see Jack Stoll stomping along the sidelines <laughs> like I want the ball. And then here, come, here comes for the first play of overtime. We're throwing... Three, oh, my know, God, it's Grant Calcaterra's and music. And boy, does he trust Jack Stoll. <laughs> um, but yeah, they are a little bit reactionary towards that. I, I just, like, if you are uh, a, a real pessimist about, like, how this thing could, could collapse, that is one thing that's on my radar is just the balancing of the egos. Sure, and I think um, the other aspect of this is the old school kind of boomer generation and older coach goes, oh, shut up, you're, you're an NFL player and fall right. in line and team first. Nick Sirianni's probably a little more in tune with his players. And he's a wide receiver by trade, right? This is, yeah, and this is his position. And he kind of gets it yeah. a little more and he might pull him into the office tomorrow and be like, Devontae, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, Dallas and AJ were going off. I'm going to get you yours this weekend. You could view that as possibly a detriment and forcing things and not taking what the game is giving you. Uh, or you could you know, view it as a very emotionally intelligent coach that knows to put out fires before they really start. Um, and I, I kind of think Sirianni's the latter of that. I think he's a guy that has a good sense of uh, you know, what's going on in his locker room and, and how to talk and handle guys. And um, I'm not worried about it, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, you know, last year they were what one of th two teams or three teams with two plus thousand yard receivers. I think yeah, two or three. Yeah. So I mean, they're in rare <laughs> air. Most teams don't have to worry about this type of thing. It's probably the Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. Right. And that's maybe the Bills, but like that's about it. You know, it's it's a good problem to have. I guess you can call it. Yeah. I would say for the most part. Yeah. 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 But it's these just, guys... It's, it's, it is a storyline that is going to follow this team for a while. Sure. 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 Uh, uh, now... That being said, AJ Brown is fucking awesome. It's unbelievable. <laughs> 
And he makes it look easy, too. I mean, he does. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Uh, Jamie, if you were somebody who wanted to, like, think about potentially buying tickets to the Eagles-Jets game next week, where, where might you go? I would absolutely go to the Game Time app because I just signed up for it myself the other day. $20 off with your code PHLY. And, look, there's some really hot baseball tickets in town. Uh, you got some great football games coming up. The Sixers are in action tonight. Flyers are starting up. You got a ton of action happening. So use code PHLY on the GameTime app. $20 off your first purchase. Uh, it's an awesome app to buy tickets to your favorite events. It shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater going on near you. Jerry Seinfeld was... Um, yes. That keeps talking about it. Yeah, he was performing. Uh, I think he did two shows uh, Friday night uh, up at the Met about a mile from here, if that. Uh, there's a comedy show I'm trying to check out at the Met later this month. And one of my favorite bands is coming to town. So Who's that? Uh, my Morning Jacket. All right. And I just got $20 free for sign up with Dang. Game Time. I think I'm just going to apply that right to My Morning Jacket, and I'll have myself a good old time. Beautiful. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, just some more stats here on offense. Uh, in this game, success rate was 53.3%, but I think that's weighed down by... The end of the game a little bit. Not a lot of sacks in this game. I think Hertz was just sacked one time. That's their best performance of the season there. Uh, EPA per drive was their best of the season at 1.6, uh, which I think speaks to like sort of their, their dominance moving the ball in this game, uh, even though they, they did not score points in the red zone that often or touchdowns in the red zone. They were, um, they were moving the ball sort of with relative ease against against this defense. Yeah, and, and at one point I, I was starting to go like, ah, oh, damn, you know, like they're not converting these points. Are, are the Rams going to kind of backdoor you here uh, with some Cooper Cup and Puka drive and that I'm going to be seeing uh, in my nightmares tonight? Uh, it is concerning they're not converting them to points, but, man, they dominated uh, moving the ball on them, which – you know, most times if we're not 5-0, I'm probably a little more pissed off about that. But, you know, they, I think they had... Um, you know what I always say. What's that? Better to be pissed off than pissed on. That's a good point. Uh, unless you're into that kind of stuff. And we yeah, don't kink shame know. in 2023. No, not at all. Uh, but they did have three scoring drives of 12-plus plays today. Uh, which is which is just kind of dominant. Yeah, a lot of like really long drives. Yeah, <laughs> you know the opening, the first quarter flew by because the Eagles, you know, methodically just moved down the field without running, without huge passing plays, but just kind of picked them apart. Uh, and they just had a lot of those long drives today without running the football a ton. <laughs> Uh, it didn't feel like a really run-heavy game. It felt like a game where Jalen Hurts was just kind of uh, taking what the defense gave him and, and picking him apart, and, and that speaks to your comfortability for him. And they did lean into the quarterback run game a little bit more. We saw some of those quarterback draws called in this game, which I don't think we've seen really since week one. An effective one. one on a third and uh, four, I think yes. it was. And a couple, as you said, you know, broken tackles there yeah. that, that were very impressive. Does so. the advanced analytics dive much into the tush push? Does it get angry um, at tush pushes? Or no, is that because usually those are successful plays right because okay. it's a short you're getting a first down <laughs> yeah. so um yeah the uh the qb keister the uh <laughs> something with ass but i don't yeah I don't. yes it's not a pass because ass pass would have been yeah cool. that's, that's um, a little bit different yeah. um yeah so those anyway, are successful plays we'll, 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 are, we'll workshop that one yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think the whole internet is working on like different <laughs> different butt puns. I do love how mad everybody gets online about it. And you saw the, the seed was planted officially. If you didn't, you know, Adam Schefter uh, yeah, today like puts out the tweet this morning. The mouthpiece stuff, I know. They're planting the seed. This is this is going to be the farewell tour of the Tush Push. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. The Eagles are just going to convert to traditional quarterback sneaks and still get them. Like the secret of the Tush Push. I would say probably 75% of the time, it's not the guy pushing them. Yeah, very rarely. Now, at the end of the, the game, they did have a couple where it was, you know, the full push. But, but usually most of the time, it's the it's offensive the line and yeah. Jalen Hurts' huge quads just kind of powering through and overpowering teams. The booty tap. See, ass smash. Ass, <laughs> ass smash. The ass smash. Yeah, it's not the, bad. The, the rump thump. The rump thump. That's a good that's one, pretty Matt, good. I like the rump thump, yeah. <laughs> um, We're all children. I saw a question earlier about whether uh, Sidney Brown returning at some point will make a difference. I, I sort of think it, it will. It gives them another option in the slot. And if at some point they, they view him as uh, an interesting upgrade on, on Justin Evans, I think that's a possibility. Um, I, I liked seeing him on the sideline today. Did you notice there was a point? I think, it, I think they were showing Sirianni. And Sidney Brown was behind him in his like parka, you know, the plain clothes, like the, uh, and he lo- oh, he looked LA, like a trainer because he's got those huge like arms, and he, he looked like uh, like he could be the the trainer or the you so know, the muscle man. He's kind of an athletic freak, and I think that'll be really exciting to get him in in uh, on the field. I'm a huge spider chart guy when it comes to the combine. Sure, yeah. My Love a spider yeah. chart, uh, and he was kind of like a freak. Totally, yeah. Unbelievable um, tester. Yeah, yeah. So like Justin Evans, you can sit down, buddy. I want to see this kid play as soon as he's able. Like Justin Evans is fine. He's a fine depth piece, but uh, I want to see what this kid can the do. The donk plonk. Ooh. The caboose vamoose. <laughs> uh, uh, not an edible, just a cough drop for, uh, for UG drafts. <laughs> That's what I tossed into into the math there. Yeah. I went through it in September. Now the baton has been passed to you. Yeah. Uh, kids in school, they're, they're petri dishes. Man. What's your go-to cough drop? Uh, I am a big Luden's Wild Cherry fan. Mm, interesting. Now, now, I don't think they do anything. No, yeah, that's just it's candy. It's just candy. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of them. If you actually want something that's going to help you, uh, I think the Ricolas are... Mm. Uh, I need I need the uh, like the vapor. The uh, Give me like the menthol or yeah. this is like the honey lemon with the vapor. I need that. I need that feedback. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's effective. I, uh, I treated my cough in the month of September by uh, doing absolutely nothing. And just hoping that sure. it, it was gonna go away quickly, and it didn't. Yeah, let your body. You know, yeah. you're you're like an Aaron Rodgers guy. You yeah, were, you're yeah, all yeah, about yeah. natural. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now my voice is. I'm over the cough, but now I just have playoff baseball voice. Mm. I Did went you, to two games. I can't control myself. The beers were flowing. I started screaming. Voice you know what's good gone. for that? Ivermectin. <laughs> Oh, you got any spare horse space in the car I can grab from you before we leave today? Ooh, the bun run. I, I, that's Ooh, the not bun bad, run. Colin. Two-cheek sneak, yeah. Yeah. Sailing, Jalen. Sailing? I don't even get that. <laughs> what does that mean? The peach reach. Ooh, I kind of like that. Yeah, the peach emoji. That's that pretty makes good. Sense. Good work from Cousin Grace there. Yeah. Um, I mean... I, I do. I, I guess I need to apologize for, for uh, picking the Rams in this game. I don't think I need to apologize to anybody else other than myself for doubting Sua. I mean, that's uh, that was the most shocking part. You of know your what? Pick. I should have known better. This is like all those years ago when I when I when I predicted that uh, the Vikings were going to win because, and then like immediately the game starts. I'm like, I can't believe I bet on Pat Shermer. 
I mean, I, I could, I shouldn't have bet against Sua. What was I thinking? Is, they hold Aaron Donald without a sack again. So it's only the second team in the NFL that Aaron Donald does not have a sack against. And I said to and you, it's like, been, it's been like six games. Yeah, they they play a healthy chunk. This isn't like you see him once every four years, five years. They've played him a good amount. And Jeff Stoutland, my God, man, what what the hell is this guy teaching? That I mean, I know he's got some athletic freaks, but like. It just seems like any any problem in his way they can kind of solve. This it's, guy really I mean, is worth every penny. It's unbelievable. And I think there's a lot of credit here to Jeffrey Lurie because... To make him the highest paid, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it, it's like every offseason. It's it's another uh, well-deserved raise for Jeff yeah. Stalin, but he is uh, the highest paid position coach in the league for a reason. You see it. And uh, aside from that, credit to Sua for... Uh, for holding up well. Yeah, so do you have the official numbers on the Apeta games? Uh, I think they're like 7-0 over the past two seasons when he plays at least 15 snaps, something like that. I mean, that. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. The Sua Opeta game. The Bottom ch- bump? Eh, not our best. I think we can... Uh, Eugene Krabs said, if Zach Wilson cooks us. Um, Mr. Krabs, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... You absolutely do not have to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is, uh, he's as bad as it gets. <laughs> I don't like to make bold proclamations. I, that doesn't mean it's a definite win. Like, maybe the defense forces some turnovers and, and gets something going. Maybe Bryce, Brees Hall pops a few, but it's not going to be because of Zach Wilson. No, yeah. and Brees Hall had a nice touchdown today for the Jets. Uh, we flipped over for a second of action of Jets-Broncos today, and it was a hilarious fair catch muffed punt turnover and then the broncos immediately tried a wide receiver reverse with a botched toss resulting in another turnover uh so that looked like an absolutely uh awful game to watch um what did you uh, i we touched on it briefly but the interception that hurts through uh i'm curious if zach got any uh chatter on that and it looks like he's going to be joining us shortly here Um, fantastic because it looked to me like AJ kind of stumbled or tripped at the top of the route. Um, so it was either a miscommunication between AJ and Jalen or uh, Jalen put the ball on the money, but him and Sirianni, you know, got into a discussion on the sidelines again that Fox, for some reason, refused to show. Um, so I'm curious if Zach heard anything about that because it, something about it seemed a little funky and off. Uh, it sounds like Zach is uh, deciding whether to skip Jalen Hurts or not. I think he's going. He's leaning towards yes. Wow. Because he's that desperate to talk to us. <clears throat> what a guy! What a teammate! I mean, seriously, passing over the the quarterback in his best game of the yeah, year. Yeah, you know, Jalen does like to take take his time. Is um, he pretty up? Is he? Uh, it's not so much of a pretty up, pretty up. Whereas, like, I think he he appreciates looks like a guy that's the fact that everybody has to be good. on his schedule. Okay. Uh, if that makes sense, like yeah. he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna rush for anybody else. Okay, he's keeping the main thing the main thing. He's keeping the main thing the main thing, and he's, he's got to put out the sex appeal. The lamp is never full. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, now, what about like if somebody was watching this, they're super happy about the win, and they think like I need to buy myself some sort of Eagles trinkets. 
Or like a, a sweet Phillies friendship bracelet. Or a sweet Phillies friendship bracelet. Or yeah. uh, Fletcher Cox, I just saw. Or overalls, yeah. Was wearing the Eagles overalls that he got from FOCO. So FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment. You see some sweet stuff on the shelves behind us here. Uh, they're awesome. They have a ton of stuff with product lines that include apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Uh, best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Uh, it's football and tailgating season, so if you need any stuff for the parking lots, uh, who knows? Maybe you need an Eagles bago set. Uh, I'm a bago man, not a cornhole guy. Just oh, I'm a cornhole guy. Okay, I, I'm okay with either. I don't really disparage, but I I, I do like bago. Uh, if you need any of that, hats coming up for the winter tailgating. Foco has it all, and Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets, many of which you're seeing in the background. And Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the code, the promo code PHLY for 10% off. Who doesn't like 10% off? Dumper Thumper, which I, I feel like is sort of sounds too gross. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm in on Dumper Thumper. <laughs> I mean, I do like a use of Dumper. Do but. you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not my Dumper, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, like if we're I talking we like better, Beyonce yeah. or something, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Sorry, Jay Z. I don't mean to offend. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, there we go. There's, now we're getting in a. We're gonna, it's, I don't know. Punch up, I guess. We'll get, <laughs> get in a fight with them. That's good. See if they respond. Let's um, take on the most powerful man in the world. That's yeah. There you go. Great, great idea. Uh, we will hear from Zach <laughs> shortly. Uh, see, uh, so I think I, he'll probably have some good suggestions. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure he's been brainstorming yeah. this all day. Uh, I have a question <laughs> for you, Bo. Let's hear it. Zacchaeus Quez, wide yeah. receiver three position. I am I am fully ready to to let Olamide Zacchaeus be the so most of the time number three receiver. Um, Do you he, think internally that is going to be discussed after this week? I would imagine so because I, I think play. I think Sirianni is going to be very angry about the Quez. He the threw his play. headset. He was he was pissed, and they and I was actually I thought they could have still gone for it. They settled for the field goal there, but uh, that was I mean it was inexcusable. Blocked. It was blocked for him. He made the wrong read. I thought that the earlier play where uh, Hertz overthrew him, that might have been on Quez. He might have not been at the right depth because uh, I, thought, I thought that Hertz was sort of on in this game. And there are other things where if you watch, like he, Quez is not always in the right place. And Zacchaeus usually is. And, you know, it, we saw last week him running downfield to block on that A.J. Brown touchdown pass. Uh, I don't know that Quez would have done the same thing. I am fully ready for for Zacchaeus to be the, you know, the majority of the snaps. There. Yeah, he came off an injury, you know, obviously missed the past, what, three weeks with the hamstring, comes out. Not um, not the best uh, come out game from injury. No. Uh, when Zacchaeus, you know, basically performed pretty well for you. Uh, when you were missing time. So, Ozekaeus, um, Ozekaeus. Yeah. Ozekaeus. Uh, math teacher Goat wants to know is wide receiver three a possible trade? I, I, I would tend to doubt it. No, and I don't think so because I think this is the same reason that they didn't really add a wide receiver this offseason aside from Zacchaeus and that there were options in the you know third and fourth and fifth round to draft an interesting guy because I think it is the same discussion we've had about there's managing those, there's only one ball there's only one ball 
And to bring in a guy who's going to want the ball when you already have enough of like A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith needing the ball, I don't think that they want to add that dynamic. Was it George Pickens that went in the third round? Was second, it, I think. He was a second rounder. There was a wide receiver in the third where I remember Eagles Twitter, I forget who it was now, going nuts like, get this kid, get this kid. And they clearly passed over it. And I think that's a valid point. Like between Dallas, uh, AJ, and Devontae, like, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you just need a guy that's a, a good blocker and can get those kind of tough third down type catches, Jason Avant style there. Uh, you don't really need a lot more from that position. So I would think, no, that's not something they look at at the trade deadline. I, I would hope linebacker and safety are, are their priorities there. And potentially nickel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If Bradley Roby can't play. See, rump rumble, backside bash. Yeah, you know, we're getting, uh, we're okay. This is, I, I appreciate everybody's effort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did ask for this, and I, yeah, we asked for it. No, I'm I'm happy with, with the suggestions, <laughs> but I don't I don't think that we have found the answer yet per se. All right, well, that sound is the sound of a man with, uh, boy, what a, what a rump he has, and mm. let's bring him in now, Zach Berman from Los Angeles. Zach, first of all, uh, how are you? How's that tush? Well, Zach, uh, we yeah. cannot hear you. He's going to, oh, he's going to uh, unplug, replug. Pop out, pop in. It worked last time. Yeah. Here he is. What do you say, Zach? Here we oh, go. It's the, uh, yeah. yeah, we got you. All right, Zach, let's, let's start uh, off the top generally. Would you agree that that was the Eagles' best, most well rounded performance of the season? I would agree, but probably better than that, the locker room would agree. It's something that uh, you know, I, I just ran up from that locker room, and it's the sentiment they had that this was coming, that they put it together. The second half in particular, you saw the way the defense played. There was a sentiment in the locker room about the offense uh, with the red zone. They need to clean that up. But otherwise, they were really good. And it, it, it jumped out both sides of the locker room. When I say both sides of the locker room, it's literally split, defense and offense. Defense side, they were saying it. Offense side, they were saying it. But I would agree, too. Uh, this this game reminded me the most of last season. Yeah, Zach, so interesting <laughs> that the red zone did come up in the locker room uh, because I don't know. Like, yes, it was their best in terms of the way Jalen looked, in terms of the way time of possession on offensive possessions. Uh but let's face it, if that's a better football team today, they let that team hang around by only converting field goals and going two of six in the red zone. Uh, while, yes, the majority of it was good, the red zone offense seems to be a little bit of a problem. Um, do you – and now you're looking up at the press box, you're not diving deep into this yet. Is it play calling? Is it decision making on the field? Uh, something is up here because last year they were the third best in the NFL in red zone offense. Yeah. This year, they're probably around 25 or 26 now after today's game. Uh, something's up there. So uh, any any talk of what that is besides just got to clean it up? Yeah, when I've asked Sirianni about this uh, in recent weeks, he's he said they need to put the players in better positions, right? There are things you can look at in terms of some of the running plays. I think today was more situationally. 
I look at it more like two or four, maybe two or five, because the the last one they were sitting on the ball, right? And then the one before that, I was curious, but I, I do think they wanted to run the ball to get the clock down, knowing they could kick a field goal and make it a two possession game. Still, you want you want points when you can get points. You want touchdowns when you can get touchdowns. Uh, but earlier in the game, I thought it was more pronounced, and it it has been an issue uh, throughout the season. It's something that they're they're not putting a blind eye toward. If I have to go back and 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 look at it, I I would say play calling jumps out. Um, in particular, you know, we harped on the third and eleven a week ago. I thought there were some decisions today that they were a little more conservative down there. One thing that I I think from a macro perspective, Jalen Hurts was money in the red zone. A year ago, he hasn't run as much in the red zone this year, although overall today he was terrific as a runner, and I think that was one of the differences from the offense. Uh, but it is, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're 5-0. They're and oh. They played a, what I thought was a really good game against a really good team or a, a good team, and you, you can leave the game saying they really need to clean this part of it up. Zach, um we saw on the broadcast, and I don't know how much you got to see of this in person. I would, I would imagine more, so, so fill us in. But there was Nick Sirianni angry about uh, Quez Watkins not following the blocks on that early screen. There was Devontae Smith sort of walking off to himself uh, because he was a little bit frustrated with, in theory, uh, not getting the ball very much. There was Jason Kelsey chirping after that long drive about something. There was... Uh, Sirianni going after Jalen Hurts after the interception. What did you learn about all of those sort of heated sideline conversations? Yeah, so uh, Jason Kelsey didn't want to get into particulars, but he he noted that he's 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 an emotional person. Uh, he brought it back to the red zone that the red zone's been something that's been frustrating to them. Uh, so I, I I think and and correct me if I'm I'm wrong because uh, you were watching the TV copy that occurred around the time of a red zone play right or a red zone drive when they had to settle for a field goal uh so reading context it it was related to that i did not go to nick sirianni's press conference today just because i was running around the locker room nick speaks as the locker room's open i wanted to speak to a handful of players aj dallas goddard Devontae smith um you know uh, hassan reddick i, I oh, i'm sorry not Devontae smith hassan reddick uh, Jason Kelsey, I, I can go on down the list there, but the uh, the sideline, the emotion came up in t- in speaking to Kelsey, and he attributed it to uh, to the red zone, but did not want to get into particulars about what it was about. So, Zach, it, it appeared to our naked eye here in the studio that uh, Mario Goodrich experiment in the first quarter uh, did not go well. Uh, they they gave a little bit of time to Eli Ricks there in the second quarter, and Roby came in. Uh, and then in the second half, they held the Rams scoreless. Was it as simple as Bradley Roby getting in the game and getting a little more pressure on Stafford? Uh, what do you credit to the second half with Sean Desai's defense? Yeah, something Darius Slay said is that they were mixing and matching a lot of things in the first half. And he was like following Cup uh, for a period of time there in the first half. And then after halftime, they said that, that was causing like too many communication issues, if you will, and they were just going to go back to running their defense in a, in a normal way. And they were able to get pressure there, but it was, it was kind of simplifying it, if, if, if you will. I mean, Slay played his position in the second half as opposed to following Cup around. Uh, and I, I think the, the pressure was a big part of it. In, in speaking to Hassan Reddick, he, he, he said, 
you know, the, the game situation there forced the uh, the Rams to, to have to kind of take some drops to, to go downfield, gave him time to go after him. Uh, you are right to point out all the changes they were doing uh, about the, uh, you know, uh, with the slot in, in the first half personnel-wise. I'll get more information as, as far as why they were doing that, but it really seemed from talking to the locker room that they simplified it in the second half. Who else did you talk to, Zach? What else, what else did you learn? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Slay was adamant about, um, like I said, the, uh, the, uh, the, different, the, the changes in the second half. There was a lot of pride from the defensive players about that. The fact it's not just they held them scoreless. The Rams did not even get into Eagles territory in the second half of the game. Uh, that, that's, that's, that stood out. And speaking to A.J. Brown, that drive before halftime was a game-changing drive. That, that catch he had, the one-handed catch, momentum-changing catch. And he does uh, one-handed catches in walkthroughs, and he kind of gets in trouble for it. I think he had two drops in Saturday's walkthrough with the one-handed catches. But uh, it actually worked in this game, was, was huge. He thought he was going to get hit there. He didn't know, uh, you know, that that he would have as as many yards after after the play as he did. But uh, he identified that as as like changing the game, and that's something that I heard throughout the locker room. That drive really shifted things. They're going for the quarterback sneak there, of course, um, at the end of uh, the half. Uh, the pass interference that Brown drew. He was not happy about that. He wanted that that touchdown on his stat sheet. Uh, so spoke to AJ about that. Dallas Goddard, for instance, uh, he spoke a lot about his yards after the catch today and said they, they did some things um, like we talked about in the pregame show did, to get him uh, the ball facing the defense so he could run. He talked about that, that screen early in the game. And players said, AJ, for instance, said that when, when Dallas is playing like that, it, uh, it gives them a certain like physicality it, it really, to use the term I just used, gives them momentum. And they, they saw that on the opening drive. Uh, Jordan Maialata said that Jalen Hurts kept saying it was coming. Like, the way that they looked last year, that, that style of play, that brand of ball was coming. And they, he thought he showed that today. Hassan Reddick, they used the expression that uh, Bo cheeses me about. He said, this is why sacks come in bunches. Right. He said this is what he was talking about all along. Uh, yeah. So uh, Hassan Reddick said it was a testament to to that. I'm, I'm going through my head here because I was running from person to person in that in that locker room to try to get info. Yeah. Kelsey um, was to, was just talking about how hard it is to play against Aaron Donald. Uh, and like like this is this is like the best defensive player that they see. And kind of the challenge with that, I, I thought they did a good job. Credit to the offensive line. Credit to Sua Opeta uh, there. Um, another thing A.J. Brown said was he said it really felt like a home game in, 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 in that crowd, which uh, you might have seen the images of, of, of him raising the volume, like you know, raising the roof, so to speak, uh, telling the fans to be louder. You don't usually see that in a road venue. Uh, that's something that stood out. Uh, to AJ Brown. So, just off the top, those are some things that that really uh, jumped up, uh, jumped out as I think about um, what was said in the locker room. I thought it was a really valiant effort by you to call that a quarterback sneak there before the half. We all know that was a tush push. Uh, and with Adam Schefter's 
tweet this morning about the league looking into it, it appears as though this is going to be the swan song for the tush push. Uh, do you agree that that play there before the half <laughs> was the crowning moment, the, the, you know, the lead of the montage when it comes to the tush push? Because that play might have frankly won them the game. Yeah, you know, the, the, let's call it the brotherly shove because that's what the Eagles are referring to it as, okay? Uh, so the brotherly shove, to me, it's, it's like, didn't we do this all last year? Wasn't this the big topic in the owners' meetings during the spring? Like, we're back rehashing it. Uh, so I, I, I look at it like this. Uh, it's, if you have a, you know, the Eagles aren't doing anything. It's, it's a quarterback sneak, and it's not like what they're doing that's the difference. It's the people they have doing it. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback. Uh, that, to me, is really the difference here. Uh, so I don't understand the complaints about it. Like, either get better at it or don't run it, you know? Uh, if the Giants are, are getting players hurt from it, yeah, then, then, then don't run it, okay? Um, to me, like, this isn't even – like, I'm, I'm not being a homer or anything. I would say this if, if the Cowboys were having success with it. It's, it's, a, it's a quarterback sneak. That has, you know, that, that you you have some guys behind them pushing. Uh, but the reality is I was watching this morning in my hotel room, the, the Bills game, and uh, Josh Allen's touchdown run late in the game. His teammates pulled him into the end zone, right? I mean, there's, there's not like these, these calls to outlaw that. It, to me, uh, it did come up in the locker room, so I'm glad you asked. Players, like, understand that, that, that this is – something that's getting a lot of attention. And I, I think they almost find it comical. Like this is, this is something that they've done now for two years. And as Sirianni says, if you have an issue with it, stop it. And, um, you know, other teams, other teams are, are running it. We see this on TV. They don't have the same success that the Eagles have. So uh, I, I personally think it's kind of sour grapes elsewhere. Um, when you say it's like not a football play, I mean, I mean, what's a football play? They, they, the guy's holding a football and he's diving forward. So, yeah, I, I think it's sour grapes. Like the bum scrum, which was suggested by uh, Shayok on the okay. on the chat there. Zach, as you're why not quarterback you're sneak? How about the uh, quarterback Keister? I saw you tweet that. Yeah. I'll <laughs> defer to you. I'll defer to you for creative things. I'll I'll, okay. yeah, I'll stick to the uh, to the stories. <laughs> as your uh, as your de facto editor, I just want to make sure that you don't put this in a story incorrectly. The the Rams did get into Eagles territory in the second half, but then there was the fumble that Nicholas Morrow couldn't fall on, so they punted from their own side of the territory. They they did cross the line, but they didn't end up past the line. Uh, I always need a good editor, so thank you. Well, I'm sure a, that, we, that is a good we, back correction there. <laughs> we look forward to reading your, your story on allphly.com. What, what can we look forward to? Thank you. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to uh, jump off that concept that this is the most that they looked like last year and kind of get into some of the elements that we were talking about, Jalen Hurts and the quarterback run game, for instance, uh, the explosiveness that they had downfield, the ability to convert on third downs, like just taking the will out of teams. And then when they have the lead, turning to that pass rush. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter, I spoke to Jalen Carter after the game too. And, and he, he like said, as he said that in the, in the second half, uh, it was just like, everyone was, was, was getting after the quarterback. Right. And that's, that's how they had those 70 sacks last year. A lot of it was playing with a lead 
and getting after the quarterback in the second half. Hassan Reddick adds those two sacks on, you know, the second, the last drive of the game. Um, Jalen Carter had a sack there in the, you know, the memorable sack at the start of the third quarter. Uh, so I, I, I think the pressure that they were able to generate in the second half reminded me of last season. I, I you know, I, I know every team is different, but the way the Eagles won today reminded me of the team that they had a year ago. Last one and for me. I'll and get then... into that. I'll get into that in the article on allphly.com. So please make sure you check that out. Looking forward to reading that as I read all your stuff, Zach. And I have dating back to previous lives. Uh, last one for me. Uh, does does Jeff Stoutland deserve a, another annual raise? Uh, Aaron Donald once again held in check. You mentioned there was some pride in the defensive side of the locker room uh, in doing that. I mean, I know he's got the hogs, but every year somebody gets seems to get hurt and somebody just steps right up. And now it's Suo Peta, so Bo's going to be peacocking around all week. Uh, it, it, I mean, does this guy deserve a raise every single year just to, to keep him here? Well, I, I believe that he, he got a, a new deal at the end of last year. And, yeah, I mean, the in that building, I, I can tell you he's – He's not just like respected. He is. Uh, he's he's held in as high esteem as a position coach could possibly be. Um, Jeffrey Laurie knows that. The organization knows that. I mean, they they value him. They 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 do a lot to make sure that he's happy. He carries a lot of uh, weight in that building, and uh, it is appropriate for him to get credit. He's he's a terrific offensive line coach. Now I'll say, and I I, I know both smirks when I say this. Jeff Stallings deserves a lot of credit. The people who deserve the most credit are the five guys out there, right? Like Suo Opeta deserves credit today. Not just – like Jeff Stoutland develops him and prepares him. Suo Opeta is the one who has number 99 in front of him. Jason Kelsey is the one who has number 99 in front of him. So to me, it comes down to the players. The players deserve the, mo- the, the most credit. Talk about someone who might get a raise. Uh, if Suo Opeta puts together, you know, four or five good games here, then he's going into free agency. He's he's going to have a starting job somewhere next season, right? This is a big opportunity in Suo Opeta's career, and I thought he did well in this first game. I'll go back and I'll watch the film either tomorrow night or Tuesday morning, uh, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to checking that out. I, 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 I do agree, though, Jeff Stoutland deserves a lot of credit. going to be a long week for you, Zach. You had the uh, cross-country flight last night. we got to say congratulations to Nick Berman. On his engagement. Oh, thank you. Yes. Very oh, exciting. Congrats, Nick. Long flight home uh, tomorrow morning. But I do have to ask, what was the, what, you know, your review of SoFi? You gave us the, the review pregame, uh, how just like blown away you were as if it was a beautiful woman. But, uh, you know, you got the halftime spread. You got the game day experience. The TV how, did, how did it all go? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this. I think whoever the architects were, and I should look that up and give them due credit, I think that they went to, to the Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and saw the press box in Arlington, Texas, and just recreated that uh, because this setup here is almost exactly like it is when you cover an Eagles-Cowboys game, and that's always a great uh, place to cover a game. The only difference is they don't have the mac and cheese here in the Cowboys mac and cheese is legendary, uh, but the the venue I, I thought was really good. Now it is it, it's different than 
you know, when you, when you go to like a Green Bay and it's a great crowd, um, this is not, this is more like a Super Bowl type crowd, right? It's, it's, it's kind of a mix of fans. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not like an SEC football crowd, if you will. But I think from a viewing experience, it's awesome. I love the natural light. Uh, reminds me of Minnesota in that regard, that it's a dome stadium that has the natural light. And yeah, I, I like Los Angeles. I didn't get a lot of time here. I mean, I'm only here for like 28 hours for this trip. But uh, I would love another trip out here to Los Angeles soon because it's a great city. Zach, you are you are our natural light. That's what you bring to us. That's beautiful. So thank you so much I for uh, joining us. Good luck writing, and we will talk to you tomorrow. You and I, you're coming right back here for a 3:30 show. On podcast, yeah, so. and I gotta say this. So uh, just I'm just to get in front of us, Bo. Okay, I uh, so I don't have a car at the airport, so I'm taking. You know, I gotta take a ride share over. So I can't stop in a parking lot to change. So I, I will come in to the studio from the airport and I will change uh, I will change in the studio so we can get in front of that now. What's that? Biggest numbers you're, today. You're, 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 yeah, I, I'm, we're, I think everybody's looking forward to you changing on camera during the uh, show tomorrow. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Come on, Paul. Get your head out of the gutter here. Charge for that, Zach. Don't give it away for free. <laughs> Yeah, true, true, true. All right, get to All writing, right. Zach. Any advertisers who are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. I think if there was if there was an advertising push for that, I think Zach would be gained. Oh, that's, yeah. that's as much of a company well, man. Is the Thunder from Down Under touring anytime soon? Maybe they can come on board. You there know, you go. There's plenty of opportunities. I think he's, yeah, he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, interesting can stuff. Can I from, just tell you, I, I really thoroughly enjoy the Zach Berman awkward giggle when... He, he wants to move on from something, but uh, me and you keep pushing it. Yeah, it gives me life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really It's like oxygen. Absolutely. Um, so there you go. Good insight from, from Zach all the way. Uh, yeah, looking forward to reading this piece for sure. Looking forward to it. And some interesting stuff about how the, uh, the locker room agrees that this was sort of their, their best. Per- and, and still not a perfect performance. We could talk about the red zone. But, yeah. you know, much, uh, much more like last year. I don't want to be, <laughs> you know, a wet blanket here. It was their best performance. But that red zone stuff, uh, that's, you're, you're not going to beat some of the upper echelon teams playing like that in the red zone. So it's fine. You know, these first, you're probably most likely going to be 6-0 and after the first six games. And obviously you sound like a real douche if you complain about that. Uh, but that's something I want to see uh, improved on next week versus the Jets. There's no excuses versus them, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Now give us, before we, we sign off, what's the, what's the Phillies, the PHLY Phillies podcast? Yeah, wow. Big week for the Phillies, obviously, with Wheeler on the mound tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have some content out during the day in the morning time. Then we're going to be in here, me, Renee, Tyler, and myself watching the game, doing a post-game show right after the game. Uh, Tuesday, we're recording at 1130 in the morning for that off day kind of normalcy. And then Wednesday, we're doing a kick-ass tailgate down at Citizens Bank Park in the Jetro lot. So if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up on allphly.com. Hopefully looking forward to meeting a ton of uh, diehards and you sickos out there. Anybody that can join, please come on down. It's going to be a blast. Uh, that's from 1.30 to 4.30 on Wednesday. We're also going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Wednesday's game. Oh, baby. Which is big coin on the secondary market. Uh, so we're going to announce tomorrow how you can win those. Uh, we'll be post-game live 
Wednesday and Thursday after the game. But let's hope, Bo, it's over on Wednesday. I, there you go. Zach Wheeler's plus 136 tomorrow. And they flipped this series on its head. You got the best big game pitcher in baseball going tomorrow versus a guy with a blister issue on mm. his throwing hands. So oh, you got it. Yeah, the poor blister. Uh, but you got to love where the Phillies are at here. <laughs> Foot on the throat. Chance to essentially end it tomorrow night. Uh, so we're going to be here a lot this week, uh, grinding out this Philly season. And and honestly, uh, there's a thing called coffee. I hope this Phillies playoff run goes on for three, four more weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll be fine. Renee will be fine. Tyler will be fine. So we love working these Phillies games and, and really looking forward to a huge week. Absolutely. Well said. And uh, we will be back on the PHLY Eagles podcast tomorrow at 3.30. Zach and me, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, getting you ready for next Sunday's game. As somebody said, I think it was Andrew, there's, there's a bit of a deja vu that we've got an undefeated Eagles yeah. team. The Phillies into the heat of the playoffs. It feels a lot like last year now. And it's unbelievable. The Phillies are 21-4 and four all time in game ones in the playoffs. That's wild. And to his point about deja vu, yeah, they won in Atlanta last year in game one. Uh, and I saw somebody in the chat earlier say, what happened to the Orioles? I really think getting the bye in baseball is a detriment. Mm. It's just one of those sports where it's so routine and methodical. You just, I think taking a week off and getting out of your rhythm really screws teams up. You're seeing it with the Orioles. The Braves look kind of asleep. Uh, we saw it with the 2011 Phillies. Dodgers, Kershaw comes yeah, out, lays, like, a, lays a lemon, yeah. I don't think it's good to get a buy in baseball. So it looks like it's coming to fruition this year, and it's great for the Phillies. They're not complaining. Yeah, I mean, it was, maybe that was the long con all along. That's right. Yeah. yeah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. All right. So the Eagles move to five and zero, play their best game of the season with a twenty-three to fourteen victory in Los Angeles. Jalen Hurts throws for three hundred and three yards, rushes for seventy-two. AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard both go over hundred yards. Defense shuts out the Rams in the second half. A, uh, a very impressive and encouraging performance from the Eagles after having the worst four and zero start in the history of the NFL. So. For Jamie and all of us here, Go congratulations Birds. again to Nick Berman. We will talk to you tomorrow. And make sure you're liking and subscribing, hitting thumbs up on the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you. 